You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update. Hey Chiefs Kingdom, what's up? Hope you're doing well out there with the snow, at least for those of us in the Kansas City area. My kids are out of school. We're snowed in, which means that there's some sledding in our near future, but hope you're all staying safe and warm out there. But welcome to KCSN Update. I'm BJ Kissel, joined by Pro Football Focus's Trevor Sikama this week here on the KCSN Update show to break down some key stats as the Chiefs prepare to take on the Miami Dolphins in the wildcard round of the AFC playoffs Saturday night at Arrowhead Stadium. Now, Trevor, welcome to the show. For anyone who's followed this, we did this a lot last year. Love having you come on and and gracing us with your presence and and providing some stats and some context to the game coming up that uh, we don't quite know. But I do. We have a little bit of not really breaking news, depending upon when people are listening to this show. But Justin Houston, former Chiefs pass rusher, one of the best pass rushers in Chiefs history, just signed this morning with the Miami Dolphins, so he will be making his way back to Arrowhead this week to undoubtedly try and put an end to the Chiefs season. Uh, before we get into the rest of the stuff that we had prepared and we want to talk about with the matchup, uh, what can you say about what Justin Houston is right now with some of the the information that you have available uh, at this point since it's been a few years since he had played uh, in Kansas City? Yeah, I was going to say, Justin Houston, twilight of his career at this point, obviously. Um, and, you know, you and I were chatting a little bit before the show started, like kind of just a revenge signing, I guess. He gets to go <laughs> up against the Chiefs. Maybe it's an Intel signing, even though he hasn't been in Kansas City in like four or five years. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Just simply put, the Miami Dolphins need anyone, literally anybody to play the edge at this point. They're down Jalen Phillips, Andrew Andrew Ginkle, um, Bradley Chubb. Like, they just need anyone to get after the passer. And obviously, we'll get into that a little bit more breaking out the game. But you know, when I'm looking up his PFF stats, uh, like I was right before the show, he has not had a pass first grade in the 80s for a season since 2019 when he was with Indianapolis um, last couple of years. 61.8 this year, 71.7 the year before, 77.4 in his first year in Baltimore, which isn't too bad. That last year in Indianapolis, it was a little bit of a drop off, 64.4. So and he's just, he's not quite the same pass rusher that he used to be that Chiefs fans certainly remember him being when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. But it is somebody that at least has kept tabs on this team, knows some of them well, and it is, I guess, a little bit of that revenge factor. But overall, he is simply just a body that they can put out there on the edge because that is Miami's biggest issue right now, if you ask me. Yeah, and I saw that uh, Baker, their linebacker, is is out or yep. questionable going into this game too. And I yep. watched their last game, and I didn't know that he was banged up. I saw that uh, Cam, is it Goody? Or came good. The mm-hmm. linebacker uh, got injured during the the huge return. Ended up changing uh, that game, but uh, banged up. And two things I know from just watching Andy Reid with the Chiefs for a long time: anytime that there's been either a change at middle linebacker or it's a young middle linebacker, uh, they do. In the past, they've done so much pre-snap motion to try and confuse so much window dressing, of course. To simple plays to try and move those guys around, screw up the communication. And with Baker being out, plus the outside linebackers and Andy Reid's ability to put matchups, put matchups together where he is going to find formations and situations where if it's Justin Houston is going to have to be in space covering somebody. Um, and I'm curious, and I'm going to talk out of both sides because as much as we've seen in the past, all the pre-snap motion from Andy Reid in these situations, we've also seen a lot of young wide receivers and a lot of 
issues with the Chiefs even lining up in the right places uh, for the guys out there to know where they're going. So I put that on Twitter yesterday, and rightfully, people said, can this group even get lined up correctly the first time, let alone start in one place and then move to another to either Mm -hmm. give Mahomes information and also uh, try and confuse the defense a little bit. But um, yeah, being banged up at the outside linebacker going into this game uh, with the way the Chiefs are playing right now, it's definitely a, a benefit to the Chiefs, but how much do you think those injuries and just this these new faces could affect the Dolphins' ability to try and slow down a Chiefs offense that's still trying to figure it out? Yeah, I mean, if they can execute correctly, certainly Kansas City's pre-snap offense, I think that they have an opportunity to really take advantage there. You mentioned any time that somebody's either playing more snaps or maybe playing at a different position, whether it's a linebacker, like a Sam linebacker, okay, now he's playing Will, okay, now he's playing middle linebacker, people are shifting over. Anytime that you're moving from an injury at all whatsoever – there's more things that you have to think about. And when then pre-snap motion happens or play action happens, that's another thing that you have to think about. And when you talked about that window dressing, that's what that stuff is all about, right? When we talk about, oh, you don't have to run the ball well to call play action, to utilize play action in your offense. That's why if you hesitate for even a split second, that would be the difference between a catch and a first down or a touchdown or advancing the ball or whatever it is. And so, with as many injuries as Miami's defense has, it's it's without doubt going to be a storyline going into this one because it's not just the linebackers. You know, when you have guys even without play action move from one side of the line of scrimmage to the other, you know, you're certainly flipping things from the linebacker level in the box, but also the safeties as well. Then they have to check, they have to communicate that, they have to receive the communication, they have to make the adjustment. All of these things have to happen, and so. You know, in, in years past, I think that uh, Kansas City has been a lot more on their p's and q's with some of that pre-snap stuff to be seen whether or not they trust a lot of these guys to be able to do it, but um, they might have to. That might be one of their greatest advantages against Miami is capitalizing uh, with that communication for a team that's been ravaged with injuries, to say the least. Yeah. Not only did they banged up, they had a physical game against Buffalo uh, that meant a lot they were playing for. So, and on the Chiefs side, they kind of had, you know, uh, I know some of the guys went out there and played. You know, Chris Jones got his money. Uh, he got to go out there and play. But for the most part, guys like Travis Kelsey, guys who needed they needed to rest, they needed a break. Uh, and some of the other guys on the defensive side, Ajarius Sneed, uh, Trent McDuffie, some of those guys got some more rest than they would have had they not locked things up before they went there. While well, as Miami coming on a shorter week um, with the game being on Saturday, Chiefs as well. But there was a really physical game for Buffalo um, coming into this one. One of the other storylines, Trevor, we were talking a little bit about before we started recording that people have been talking about all week and just the fact that for anyone in Kansas City, wake up this morning, look outside, there's snow absolutely everywhere. I looked it up this morning trying to figure out what are Tua's stats in the snow. And there've been a, there's been a lot of stories written about this over the last few years because you get to December, January. Tua hasn't historically been great in weather. And the weather is a storyline that people have already been talking about. They're going to continue talking about it going into this game because it's looking like a high of 12 degrees, but Ooh. a wind of about 15 degrees with a low in the negatives. So you're looking at a wind chill about negative 10 to negative 15 um, with moisture, with a chance of rain, uh, with everything else they got going on. Now, they do a great job at Arrowhead tarping it all. Like, like they're going to take care of the field. It's not going to be covered in snow unless it snows that day. But the moisture and the the wind is absolutely going to be a factor going into this game. From you know what you've seen with Miami, with Kansas City, how do you see weather affecting what these two teams like to do and what they could do 
in this game Saturday night. Yeah, look, I'm 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 from just south of the Tampa area, uh, and so I, I followed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers my entire life. Grew up in the state of Florida. It's it is extremely different on the body when you are going from one place to the other. Now, obviously, these are some of the best athletes in the world. These guys are certainly more athletic than than I have ever been or ever will be, and and they've got a job to do. But when you go from being in a warm environment, your body is so used to that. When you go to that complete shock of single digit degrees or negative degrees, I mean, that's that's going to absolutely play a factor. So even outside of the wind, even outside of the snow itself, if it snows, just the body being able to operate correctly in those kinds of conditions, it's something that theoretically is going to affect Miami more than it's going to affect Kansas City. I think that people, you know, like that. They like that feeling of the home field advantage in the playoffs. And that's, you know, those little kind of storylines that uh, people, especially, you know, the people who are fans of the team who is at home, that's what they enjoy. But we talked about it after the Bills ended up winning that game this past weekend. It's a massive swing for Miami because Miami wins that game. They win the division. They're hosting a game this week. And instead, they have to travel to Kansas City and play in probably the toughest environment possible for them. Like this is even outside of the fact that you're playing Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, this is the worst matchup for them to have to go to play in Kansas city. To me, this is the worst matchup because of, of the weather. And, and I think that it's going to play a major factor. I, I really do. So we'll see exactly how much that ends up being the case, but there's no doubt about it. When, when you talk about going from, temperatures in the 70s and 80s every single day and your body is so used to that and then on game day you have to perform try to get that explosiveness try to get the muscles warm try to make sure you're not getting hurt you know the the, fall into the ground taking those hits those things those things hurt a lot more when it's that cold weather and the teams that have played in cold a lot more than the teams that haven't okay maybe your body is a little bit more hardened to that so look is it going to be the greatest difference maker I don't know. The players are still the ones who play the game. The towel level is still what's going to win out. But man, to to be that stark of a contrast between going from Miami to what it's going to be in Kansas City, you better believe that that's going to play in Kansas City's favor. Yeah, when it comes to weather and lines and how it's going to affect, we can prognosticate and guess and, and analyze all we want. I always look at the lines, like what is the betting lines? What does Vegas always say? What does Vegas think is going to happen in this game? And Curious because the over-under in this game is 44 points still. Uh, And I did some research this morning where uh, weather doesn't affect total number of points as much as we all might think it will, even when it's snow like this. Um, But Chiefs are favored by four points right now on DraftKings uh, with an over-under of 44. And speaking of DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Looking at the Chiefs versus Dolphins, Chiefs are four-point favorites right now. That line has actually gone up. Seems like people are betting towards the Chiefs with an over-under of 44 points. That's an interesting one to watch with the weather, with it, uh, with the windshield set to be in the negatives uh, for that game with a chance of rain. Kansas City, for anybody listening to this, you know, we just got hammered. Uh, with snow, so it is weather is definitely going to be a factor. But Chiefs four point favorites with an over under of forty four points right now. Interested to see how that one continues throughout the week and if that line changes. But make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN 
New customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800.gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Trevor, we've talked a little bit about Justin Houston joining the Kansas City Chiefs, a little bit of breaking news in the morning, uh, as banged up as they are at outside linebacker, they're down in Miami, and then talked about Tua and the weather. What other matchups, what other storylines going into this game between the Chiefs and Dolphins on Saturday night are you most looking forward to seeing how they play out? You know, I'll I'll do a obvious one, I think, to start, and that's basically Tua and how he plays under pressure versus mm-hmm. a player like Chris Jones. You look at Miami's offensive line, and I'm a draft guy, so I'm looking at teams and, and projecting out team needs. So offensive line continues to be a major team need for the Miami Dolphins. Their tackle positions, you know, okay, maybe they can upgrade on the right side of the offensive line opposite Toronto Armstead when he's out there and healthy. But the interior, you know, especially with some of the in and outs of the lineup that they've had there, the interior, you've got weaknesses that you can attack. And I think that Chris Jones is certainly one of those players that the fastest way to the quarterback is through that three technique or interior defensive tackle position if you can win quickly. Now, I will say this about Tua for people who have just been like, ah, yeah, he crumbles under pressure. He's terrible. His first year in the league, he played really poorly under pressure. 34.2 PFF passing grade under pressure in that first year that he was he was in the league. Second year, though, 2022 season, that he was at, um, sorry, this isn't the first year he was in the league, but this is going back three years. That 2021 season, it was a 34.2 passing grade. Last year, it was 52.1. This year, it's even better. It's 57.6. So he is playing much better under pressure. And when you look at the turnover-worthy play percentage under pressure, that also has gone down over the last three years. 9.7 the for that 2021 season, 6.8 in 2022 just 3.8 here this year and the turnover and the big time throw rate under pressure also a career high for him it is a 7.4%. So Tua is not just this ah if you pressure him he's going to crumble quarterback. If you pressure him he still gets rattled but it's not as bad as it used to be. So how quickly they can win on the defensive line what kind of impact Chris Jones can have against the interior offensive line that is not looked great for many times this season. That's a big deal because you, you, pressure is not all the same. You know, interior pressure is tough. When you yep. collapse the pocket from the inside, that demands that the quarterback moves far to his left or to his right to continue to look down the field. When you get pressure off even just like one of the edges, let's say an edge rusher wins very quickly off the edge, you could still step up in the pocket. Normally there's space to be had there and you can kind of avoid that rush, keep your eyes downfield and make a throw. When you collapse it from, from the inside, that's very difficult for so specifically that matchup of the struggling interior offensive line for the Dolphins versus the speed of Chris Jones versus how much better Tua has been playing under pressure. That kind of a sequence of combinations of things is what I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out this weekend. And I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit to look some numbers up because everything you just said makes all the sense and it it leads itself 
to the conversation about Steve Spagnuolo in the playoffs, Steve Spagnuolo in the regular season. The guy loves to send pressure. And this is me connecting dots, but if I'm a defensive coordinator uh, with all the knowledge I have, which is not much at all, uh, I want the ball out of Tua's hands. When you're facing Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle didn't play in the game last week. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain. The very end of that game last week against Buffalo, Tyreek Hill gets banged up a little bit and limps off the sideline. He's not on the field for the interception in that game because on the play before, took a pretty big shot. And again, in a really physical game. Uh, and so looking at this matchup, you know Steve Spagnuolo is going to send pressure. That I saw the stat earlier that Trent McDuffie leads the NFL in uh, pressures from a defensive back. He loves to send guys from everywhere. Last time that these two teams faced in week nine out in Germany, Tua was blitzed on one third of his dropbacks. Every three times he dropped back, the Chiefs were sending extra guys. Um, I know there's a stat out there. The Chiefs have more unblocked pressures than any other team in the NFL. And Steve Spagnuolo, the timing, the design, he will get free rushers at a quarterback and Tua is going to have to handle it. He's done it before, but in terms of the Chiefs blitz, I was trying to look up the numbers now of how much they blitzed Tua compared to some other teams. And I looked up, they blitzed Jared Goff a lot uh, in that game. They they blitzed Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence a lot against Jacksonville. Two quarterbacks that you're going to send pressure out as well, especially Trevor Lawrence. has kind of been the thing for him. But uh, going into this matchup, Trevor, does it make sense to you that rather than trying to defend Tyreek Hill, even in in snow, which I think is sometimes more difficult for the defensive player than it is for the offensive guy because he's the one reacting, uh, not trying to slip or anything. Would it make sense to you for there to be even more pressure, get the ball out of his hands? That way Tyreek doesn't have three or four seconds to run a route to get open down the field, get the ball out and go tackle him? Yeah, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm looking up numbers this season. Most, I try to give you a little time. Yeah, most What's times up? that they have blitzed a team... Where's that Miami game? Okay, so they they blitzed, I believe, on 20 of their defensive plays against the Dolphins. Uh, that was right around like the middle of the pack. So I, you you mentioned it's an aggressive defense anyways. They do it a lot. They're sending pressure a ton. But you know, Miami wasn't like special. It's not like they, they just blitzed a ton more against Miami. But it was your regularly scheduled amount of pressure that they would throw at them. But maybe the pressure is a little bit different, right? Okay, maybe we're blitzing our corners a little bit more this week. And it's a, yep. you know, it's a fantastic debate of kind of like, how do you play this chess match? Because that is what I'm really looking forward to. The, the Mike McDaniel chess match on offense with his speed. Okay, not just Jalen Waddle, not just Ty, not just Tyree Kill, but also Devon A-Chain as well out of the backfield. Yep. Like, he is somebody who you have to pay attention to because if you get the wrong matchup on him, he'll take it out. the house. He'll take it 70 yards. It's just a, a, a flat out blazer when it comes to uh, that home run speed. So the matchups, that kind of dictates what you do a little bit because there's a lot of times where, you know, if you send a corner on a blitz, cab blitz, whatever you want to call it, you're sending a corner, but then the safety is kind of creeping over to play this like overhang coverage. So, all right, the corner's kind of releasing quickly and then the safety's decently close to the wide receiver, but you don't want to give away the blitz. So it's a little bit delayed. I say that to say when you have those blitzes like that, the more you disguise them, the more space you're probably going to give the wide receiver once the ball is snapped. You don't want to give Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle space. They'll kill you. Yeah. So that to me, I just, I wonder how much of that we are going to see, or is it more going to be, Hey, the, 
it could go back to the interior offensive line, right? The interior mm-hmm. offensive line of this team is not, not great. And Steve Spagnuolo might be saying this. I don't have to allocate secondary resources coming outside the tackles to go beat this team to create pressure. You know, I can create like a slant and a delayed blitz from a linebacker or something like that. Maybe like a double A gap blitz with both of my linebackers to really overwhelm the interior. So just kind of talking it out here, hearing you say that, I feel like we are going to get less secondary blitzes from this team. And maybe if they are going to dial up that pressure, it's going to come from between the tackles, knowing that they can overwhelm those guys in the middle, force Tua to move left or right, force him to scramble one way or the other, and not be able to get the ball in those receivers' hands very quickly with a lot of space because that's what could hurt you. Not using Tua because I know it's it's a cop-out, but who for the Dolphins' offense do you think is kind of the X-factor, most important player that has to make plays or the Dolphins to have a chance that maybe people aren't thinking of. I know like Tyreek Hill, he's got to go make plays if they're going right. to go. But who's somebody just based on the matchups, based on the weather, all of those factors involved. Like who at the end of the day, if you hear the Dolphins win, you're going to be like, such and such probably made some key plays. Well, I mean, uh, Chiefs fans know these names as well, but I think I think Devontae Chain in the run game is, is yeah. huge for them because especially with the weather the way that it is, not to be too cliche, but you got pound the rock. And when the Dolphins run the ball, it's not just this tough nose, you know, counter play straight up the middle, run and duo. Like they're spreading it to the sideline. They're still getting their guys the ability to have these rush lanes that could go for 40, 50 yards if things are blocked upright. So all of a sudden, if you swing a couple of those big runs in your direction, you're getting seven points, you're getting three points out of it. That is huge. But I'll tell you, Jalen Waddle to me is the most important player in this game because. When Jalen Waddle has not been in the lineup, it's Tyreek Hill or nobody, it feels like. There's just not another big-time threat on this team. They have to go to Tyreek Hill. And when you throw Waddle in the mix as well, then it and then it's like, all right, well, we can't bracket Tyreek Hill as much. We cannot have as many eyes on him. Or at least it's not, hey, as long as we bracket this guy, they won't be able to do much against us. So when those two guys are on the field together, to me, it's a different outlook of an offense. They they truly get to open the other up as a, as a complement to how they're running. And, and, and Mike McDaniel knows that too. So look, obviously, yeah. two is very important. He's got to play well for the Dolphins to win this game. You could say that Tyree Kill is an important player, but that's kind of like a duh. Tyree Kill doesn't. He's going to get his yards whether they win or lose. Right. And, and, that, he's and gonna, that's, he's gonna that's, that's exactly the thing. As long as he's not going off for 250 yards, yeah. you basically have to tell yourself he's going to get over 100 yards on us. We just can't have Jalen Waddle also get over 100 yards. So to me, Waddle's the more, most important player in this game. Yeah. I, I like what you said about uh, A chain. How do you say it? Yeah, A-Chan, I think is how you... A-Chan. I butcher so many names that I'm the last... It's it's always running back names, too, uh, that I can never get right. But he's the one for me. um, And maybe just because I had went to the the Buffalo Bills game and I saw what James Cook did. I know they're different offenses, all of that. But where the Chiefs... I don't want to say are susceptible defensively. And this is a a hot-button topic in Kansas City because Nick Bolton... Phenomenal middle linebacker. He gets his hands up. Run game, physicality, sure tackler, all of those things. He's not particularly strong in space, in coverage. 
Uh, and it becomes a thing in Kansas City where if you bring that up, people attack because he played at Mizzou with a lot of fans. Phenomenal player, but it's something that you see te- teams attack. Uh, the middle of the field, find situations to get the linebacker. And so it's been Willie Gay this year too against James Cook in that Buffalo game. It was Willie Gay a handful of times where you get A-Chain matched up on either of the two Chiefs linebackers in a quick throw, not throwing the ball down the field, kind of a weather um, safe type plays, type of routes that they can run. Um, we're not throwing the ball deep down the field. Those are the ones that I'm worried about uh, as far as any kind of big plays happening because we've seen it before. Um, we've seen it over the last few years that when teams are moving the ball consistently and it's getting chunk plays, it's a lot of throws to the flat, little Texas, just little things to get the ball to the running backs matched up on linebackers. And it doesn't look like a blown coverage. It just looks like they're six yards behind. And it was a great play design because either they don't see it quickly or they just don't move laterally in space real well. So the running backs matched up on the Chiefs linebackers in this game is the one that, that I'm looking forward to. But we're going to take a quick break. and we come back, I want to get your thoughts on the other side of the ball and talk about what the Chiefs offensively need to do. We talked about the outside linebackers being banged up for Miami. But outside of that, what do the Chiefs need to do to find some success against this Dolphins defense? We'll be right back with Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to KCSN Update. BJ Kissel hanging out with Trevor Sycamore from Pro Football Focus. He's getting us right, giving us some more information as we get ready uh, to watch the Chiefs take on the Dolphins. I almost said we get ready to take on the Dolphins as if we're going to get out there and make a, make a difference, Trevor. I mean, um, I can. I just won't be very effective. So It's, it's funny because I've always said we. Even when I worked there before I worked there, it's always we. Um but anyway, before we get back to the matchup, I want to ask you this because you cover the NFL. You've done it for a long time. You do a great job. It's been cool to watch your kind of career arc. Uh, not that we've known each other super well before that, but it's been cool to watch um, you grow in this space. It's such a good dude and good information, and you're great at what you do. 
Mike McDaniel. I don't know if there's a coach that I would like to cover daily more than Mike McDaniel. I don't know how you feel about it. It's just like a breath of fresh air. The way he talks is just a different cat personality-wise. Have Has there been a coach like him that we've seen? In a, except maybe way back in the day as a Bucks fan, McKay, as somebody that can give you those <laughs> those one-liners, those things where you're like, I did not see that coming. It's like, how do you think about your team's execution? It's like, well, I'm in favor of it. Well, well yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, McDaniel's awesome though, and uh, he he has he's been a breath of fresh air because you get a lot of these coaches, and understandably, there's a look. You know, you 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 worked within an organization. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that people don't know. There's a lot of things that have to go into making a championship team, and sometimes that includes disagreements or arguments or things that aren't always as pretty. But you know, you're you hope that you're always through all those things, working in the right direction, and you know, when things aren't going well, there's a lot of pressure, right? There's millions of dollars at stake. There's people's lives. There's people's livelihood. Yeah. You know, like every, there, there's just so much at stake when things don't go well with a pro sports team. And and because of that, when you're the head coach, when you're the person who has to answer for all of that, there's a lot of things that, you know, sometimes you just, you just like can't say at the podium or you get frustrated with questions and things like that. And uh, McDaniel is just very genuine. He's just a very genuine dude. Like when things... Obviously, things have gone well in Miami for his tenure. It's not like we've seen him in a situation where things have really fallen off the rails. But even with things yeah. that haven't gone well in Miami, it's, he seems to be very candid about it. He's like, you know, like, yeah, look, like we're playing bad. Like we suck right now. Like, I don't know. You know, he hasn't said those things verbatim, but he, yeah. he, he, he talks to the media and he talks to fans as if like, yeah, like I, I know that you guys understand this. I'm not trying to shield yeah. you from the fact that like oh it's not all perfect over here you know and he's just like it's like a conversation exactly he's, having, he's not talking at people he's having a conversation correct. when questions are asked correct and yeah. that's this that's the thing that i i really like the most about him and obviously like i said things have gone well in miami it's not like they've uh gone catastrophically bad yet and that's when we start to really see some things turn with head coaches because it's frustrating when things happen like that but i do i've, I've really enjoyed just observing mcdaniel from afar he's he seems like such a player's coach, so like a dude yeah. that you you absolutely would love to play for. He gives you that creativity. Like, what was the? Uh, I can't remember if this was. If he said this on the sideline, or if he said it after the game, or whatever. But it might have been in NFL Films clip or something. But he's talking. I think he's talking to Tua, and he's like, "No, no, no, that was my bad. Like that play call sucked. Yeah. Like I shouldn't have called that." And it's just, mm -hmm. it, you know, on on one side, you're kind of shocked by that, and you go, "Whoa." Okay, that's that's a little weird to see the the coach say that you're not supposed to, because we think that it's supposed to be this unwavering confidence. But of yeah. course, coaches call plays that maybe they wish they would have called something different. He's just yeah. being accountable to his quarterback about it, you know. And I think that just goes such a long way, especially if you believe in a guy. Like if you genuinely believe that you are going in the right direction as a team, as a player coach relationship, all of these things then hell yeah, it feels great to hear your coach go, hey, you know what? That one's actually on me. I should have called this. I see where I needed to get better. I'm going to be better about it next time. You go, damn. All right. I'm going to have that attitude too. And and that sure. that is just, it's it's always something that's going to yield. Whatever the ceiling is, whatever the best results, that is a piece of the ingredient that is going to get you to that point. Yeah, and I think it's cool. And, and I like Dan Campbell as much. I think he'd be a fun guy to cover being a completely different style of personality, the way that he just his presence, all of that. Um, 
that it's cool that in today's football, you can have a Mike McDaniel. I, I can't get this image out of my head. There was a picture of, it was a meme uh, that went out with him walking. I think it was probably during training camp. He was walking between all the players uh, stretching. And he's just skinny. He's got the tight like sweats up to his calves, you know, and it said, this is what happens when dad leaves town and leaves his son in charge of the team for like a weekend. And it's just kind of walking around. I was like a cool, that a guy that with that personality can get the gladiators of today's world, like the way that these guys and what they do between the white lines sure. and the game that they play and as physical it is, that those guys can just stop and listen to that guy as an expert in something that they do and just kind of, I don't want to say a change in the football mentality, uh, but 30 years ago, a guy that looks like that goes in the out and trying to coach football, players might not have been as open to what he was doing uh, or what he was saying. It's just, it's cool uh, the way the game's kind of developed in I'll never forget something that uh, David Coley told me a long time ago uh, regarding, you know, having played at the level and coaching players to to be better and having those players look at you and say, you know, players today, and he was talking about Jeremy Macklin at the time. He said, Jeremy Macklin didn't care where I play. If I can help Jeremy Macklin get better and he trusts me to do that, he'll run through a wall for me and I'll do anything I can to make that guy better. And if you can make the guys better and you can get them to perform their best, doesn't none of, nothing else matters uh, as to far as your background anything like that but um, all right let's talk a little bit about this matchup uh, as far as the Chiefs offense going up we talked a little bit about the outside linebackers outside of that what other matchups what other um, scenarios and storylines with the Chiefs offense are you looking forward to seeing how they play out on Saturday night yeah hi I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to deploy Jalen Ramsey in this one when when they acquired Jalen Ramsey I mean that was the ultimate Vic Fangio chess piece I think and unfortunately because of the injuries you have less flexibility on what you could do right I think that if you had those two starting edge players if you had Bradley Chubb if you had um, Jalen Phillips shoot uh, Van Ginkle as well Jerome Baker all those guys if they're healthy and in the lineup I think it's different because you can probably create pressure in a lot of different ways and that way all right we could have Ramsey lined up in the slot here. We could have him line up on the outside. We could have him line him as safety. We could do a lot of different things. So I wonder if they're going to get creative now that it's the playoffs. And and I think that you might have to with your best player in the secondary. I think their secondary is actually decently strong. Uh, it's just all about kind of like what we saw in the national championship when Washington played Michigan. Like, can't do they have enough up front? Like, do they have enough up front to get after the quarterback, to try to pressure Patrick Mahomes, even though he's fantastic when he gets pressured? But can they hold the line of scrimmage the way that they need to for the secondary to be able to make plays? And so if I had an X factor, I'd say that it's the obvious, it's Ramsey, but it's kind of his versatility in all of this. But it's just, you, you, you've got to be good enough in the trenches in order for you to even get there for a secondary player to matter like that. So it, it's still, it, I'm, I'm pointing out Ramsey, but there's no doubt I think it starts up front. Cool. All right, now I'm going to put you on the spot. How do you see this one? Playing out. We'll talk about the rest of the the playoffs after this because there's some fun storylines and I want to get your thoughts on before we let you go. But uh, for this matchup on Saturday night, how do you see this playing out? I do think the Chiefs win this game. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on a Chiefs podcast. But if we flip this and if it's in Miami instead of Kansas City, I'm probably taking Miami. But because of the fact that it's not only does Arrowhead have a great home field advantage anyways, the fact that the weather is going to play a big role I think in this game uh, matters to me in, in a in a game that these offenses are are, are good and I think that the Chiefs are going to come out and look I don't know if they're going to be able to stay focused and, and on point for the four games required to go win a Super Bowl but I think at least for this one coming out in Arrowhead starting the playoffs hosting the Dolphins I think they'll play um, 
I think they'll play pretty disciplined football, and I think they're going to get the win in this one. If I had to guess, I'd say twenty, something like twenty-one seventeen would be my guess there. All right, just hitting the under uh, is what you've got. I think it's, I think, right I think, right I think the, the I think the under just on the under. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't think in my entire sports betting life I've ever bet the under in a game. I just can't do it. <laughs> like I will never. I like fun. offense. You don't. It's not you don't fun to bet the yeah, under. You, know you yeah. don't bet the under. You're not like punt the ball, punt it, get tackled. Like nobody wants that. And I don't think anyone. I can't imagine betting an under in a Patrick Mahomes. I know this whole season we've watched it and we've watched the offense struggle compared to what we've seen uh, in years past. But I still just can't imagine taking the under in this game. But I do think you bring up a great point in that losing that game last week and what it means not just to go on the road but to go on the road in weather against the Chiefs uh it that was a huge loss obviously for Miami last week and it changed the the complexity of the entire AFC uh playoffs I'm curious what other AFC NFC what other games storylines across the the league with the matchups coming up this week are you most looking forward to watching Really looking forward to seeing how C.J. Stroud plays in his first playoff game. Now, obviously, they win the division, so they get to host, which is great. They're going up against a Cleveland team that, all right, they don't have Deshaun Watson, but they've got that defense, and that defense has been one of the best in the NFL. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Stroud plays against that defense. So him, D'Amico Ryans, getting to host a playoff game for the first time uh, as head coach and quarterback duo, that's one that I'm really, really looking forward to. I think the Matthew Stafford return to Detroit game is 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 really cool i think that that's i think it's really cool for for both sides you know it's it's a situation where matthew stafford gets drafted number one overall and just had so many years where he gutted out injuries and he just he tried so hard to bring that city and that team to playoff relevancy and he just wasn't able to do it and they trade him to los angeles he ends up getting to go win a Super Bowl, which is a, is a storybook ending in and of itself for him and his career. But now he gets to go back to Detroit, the place where he gave so much of himself to get to that point. And he's going there as they are a successful team hosting a playoff game, which I think is is just really cool. And then like the last game that I would highlight is Bucks eagles This uh. I cannot believe we're here with the Eagles. I honestly can't believe we're here with either team. But <laughs> yeah. the fact that because the Bucks obviously won the division, but NFC South was not very good this year. Bucks pretty much limping into the playoffs at this point, and yet there are people who are picking them to beat the Eagles. That's how bad Philly has been as of late. And not only that, this is the standalone Monday night game to end Super mm-hmm. Wild Card Weekend, and so. Those are the three games that when I look at this uh, upcoming schedule, that's what gets me excited about this weekend. couple things. I completely agree with you. Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit is my top storyline. Is the game I'm most looking forward to because as a Detroit fan, I always empathize. I put myself in other people's shoes. I can't imagine how uncomfortable it is for Detroit fans to watch Matthew Stafford because for everything you brought up, it wasn't just that he played there. It was that he gave everything he had to try and get Detroit over the hump and define the success that Detroit is primed for now. They've never had a better team, never had a better opportunity. And then the one guy that spoil their best season, best chance is the guy that is beloved back there that I, that's gotta be such an uncomfortable situation for everyone involved because they may be happy for him at at some way, but they're going to be like, he already got his Super Bowl. Like he already got that. He already had his storybook. Now let us go. If he goes in there and plays really well and beats them, it's going to be a really interesting dynamic for fans to be very torn 
uh, there. And I almost am rooting for that this week. And then I want Cleveland. I, I believe Houston is going to win that game. I just want Cleveland to win. And I want it to set up to where then Joe Flacco goes to Baltimore. But oh, next week, yeah, we see the same kind of deal where it's like we can see Matthew Stafford go to Detroit as an underdog to try to spoil the season, and then Joe Flacco to go to Baltimore and try yeah. to spoil their seed as the one seed. Um, I love both of those storylines, but I can tell you that the uh, the Monday night game, you'll have a lot of Chiefs fans watching the Bucks and Eagles, not because of their uh, inability to forget uh, slights and Nick Sirianni. Every Chiefs fan listening knows the bit that I'm talking about, screaming at Chiefs fans after they won uh, and just being obnoxious. And on top of that, another one, because we've sitting here talking about the Chiefs passing game, talking about picking up a veteran wide receiver this offseason. There's a pretty good one down in Tampa that I don't know what it would take for him to leave Tampa. Don't, you might have a better no, idea. No, no, you do that to me. I'm just don't saying that there's that a number. Me. There's no. a number. Everyone's got a number. Mike's a buck for life. You can't have him. I've been told like it would I've been told it's gonna be very hard for him to leave Tampa Bay. And not that he wouldn't, but like it would it's not a I'm gonna go shop around and go find. Like he loves it. He doesn't want to leave. But he right. the dude, if he can stay healthy, he's I know he's older in his career, but as far as consistency, all of that stuff. Can you talk a little bit about Mike Evans? Because he's probably one of the most underrated receivers that doesn't get talked about enough over the last decade for what yeah, he's going to be able to do. Yeah, future Hall of Famer Mike Evans, by the way. I, I Look, yeah. I, I just the the legacy that that guy has had in Tampa, the consistency, I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, you, people talk about it all the time, all the straight 1,000-yard seasons from him. And okay, sure, there's a couple of seasons in there where he's barely eclipsing 1,000 yards, but it's the longevity of it that now means a lot. People go, like, oh, yo, he's a Frank Gore. No, 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 no. You look at the impact that this guy has been able to have, uh, the touchdowns that he's been able to record. I mean, like he's... He's top 15, I think, all time in touchdowns, and he's like top 30 in receiving yards total. And he's still got a ton left in the tank, I think. So I I I I understand why Chiefs <laughs> fans would love Mike Evans because he'd be wonderful in this offense. He would be just a, I think he'd be an absolute stud. Um and Patrick he'd be Patrick Mahomes' best friend immediately. I don't say this as a with like a ton of Tampa like bias, but I don't think he's leaving. He no. is such a cornerstone of that franchise. He has represented them so, so well since 2014 through a lot of the bad years, a lot of the really bad years that that yeah. team had when he was drafted. He has been a face of the franchise through it all. Him and his family love the Tampa Bay area. The organization loves him. The coaches love him. The front office loves him. The owners love him. I just... I, you 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 are right. You are right. I think money, I got look, you on tilt look, is what I got. Look, but money, I, I look. I've heard all the talks. same things. Money money talks. There's no doubt about it. But I have a hard time thinking that if Tampa gets close, because I don't I don't think Tampa is going to offer him the most money that he's going to get out there. Yeah. But if Tampa's even relatively close, I think he stays. So too bad. You can't have stop spoil, talking. About spoiling him. dreams is what yeah, you're doing. Stop talking about him. I picked the Chiefs. I'm gonna take there that clip I and I'm gonna play guys... I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna play that clip anytime I see his name. We're gonna cut it. And anytime for that the entire offseason that someone's like, go after Mike Evans, I'm just gonna reply with this clip of Trevor Bucks fan says no. <laughs> it's I I do I I would be so there are so many times, certainly before the Brady years, right? Like when 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 Brady was there, they obviously weren't trading anybody. That wasn't happening. 
But yeah. there have been so many years prior where the trade deadline comes around and people look at Tampa because Tampa's a small market team, if you will, and they go, hey, they got a stud wide receiver. We, maybe we think could part ways with him. And they talk about, like, Eagles fans have talked about trading for Mike Evans for years, and I just tell them all the time, I was like, it was never going to happen. And, uh, yeah, I think he, I, I do. I, I, I to, to, to y'all's disappointment, uh, I think he retires a buck. Like, you know, I think about it, you guys have a couple plays. I like the Bucs just because I, I'm not going to say I know him because I spent one, I spent three hours around him one day 10 years ago, but when Devin White was in high school, uh, spent some time around. You and I have talked about it before because for Chiefs fans, uh, Sharkandrick West's cousin is Devin White. They grew up together. Uh, when we went during the offseason, we went and did a story down in Spring Hill, Colon, Louisiana, uh, where they're from. Man, we were following Sharkandrick around for a couple of days, and Devin was around. And at that time, he had just graduated high school. He was getting ready to go to LSU. And I remember in some of our video, if you go back and watch the video, at least I know some of the raw stuff, like you could see Devin in the background just dancing and just being kind of goofy. Uh, the way that he is, but I remember Sharkandrick telling me that his cousin, like he's like, that's my cousin, like he's good at football, he's gonna be better than all of us. I was like, oh yeah, like that's cool. Like not knowing at what relative he was talking about, I go, oh that's cool. Uh, our relative to how good he was, he's like, yeah, he's going to LSU. It's like, oh that's cool. Two years later, I'm watching an LSU game and I see 40 fly through and make a play, and they say Devin yeah. White. I immediately texted Sharkandrick. I was like, oh, I didn't know he was like a dude, dude. Yeah. Uh, and so it's been cool to watch his career. But the other linebacker and Levante David talking about Mike Evans being one of the most underrated wide receivers that didn't get talked about enough. What Levante mm-hmm. David has done throughout his career is equally as impressive, man. But yeah. uh, thanks for spoiling all Chiefs fans' hopes. Uh, all they needed, needed to pick us to win. Pick so y'all we'll get- Calm down. You can't look. Tampa doesn't have much outside of the Brady years. Tampa doesn't have much. Don't take Mike Evans Fair. and Levante David away. Fair. Right. Well, I can tell you, Chiefs fans are rooting for you uh, this week against uh, <laughs> Philadelphia. I can tell you that much. Uh, but if it's not Mike Evans, let's end on a positive note. Who's another free agent wide receiver or somebody that you think is possible, maybe outside the thought process here? Because I threw out Cooper Cup because I can see the Rams needing some draft picks. Uh, the The contract and trading and taking on that, I don't know how a lot of that stuff works. I'm not an expert in that. There's a lot. But you've got two young studs with the Rams. They don't have a lot of draft picks. They haven't had a lot of draft picks the last few years. That's the dot that I'm connecting. He's in the NFC, and I think he'd be perfect with Patrick Mahomes. Outside like- of Cooper Cup or Mike Evans, who do you like? I kind of like T. Higgins is, is the obvious answer, but um, he costs a lot of money. I kind of like the idea. I just don't like Cincinnati. Sorry. Well, I mean, that's fair, but okay. But if T. Higgins is on the opposite end of Patrick Mahomes passes, you're going to get over it pretty quick. Um, I think T. Higgins is, or not T. Higgins, um, Michael Pittman Jr. is another one who's super intriguing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a free agent that's coming up, and I think he's going to stay with the Colts, but he is somebody who could hit the market, and he's kind of like a Mike Evans mold type of a player where yeah, Pittman Jr. Is, is a really good wide receiver. Like, I don't think he's going to be like a top-tier wide receiver one in the NFL, but he would be a really nice compliment to what they already have with Rasheed Rice, who has proven to be this kind of like shorter yards after catch type of receiver. He'd be like an X type of receiver that you could that you could really build around. So he would be the other name I'd throw out there. Yeah, if they can't get him this offseason, they get Marvin Harrison Jr. and they'll be okay. Sure. Yeah. Very just, casual. Just yeah. With the way that you said yeah. that. Very casual. Yeah. I mean, if you can't, you just want to just go get Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah that's okay, Justin Jefferson. That's what my son says. My son's <laughs> like, just trade for Justin Jefferson. He's like, he's frustrated in Minnesota. I never thought like, of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a solid idea. Maybe Devontae Adams. Maybe he's so frustrated they'll trade. They'll trade him. That one, that Raiders. One, that one might actually be real. That one might actually be real. You know? The Raiders aren't trading us Devontae Adams. <laughs> I say us. You got a, you got a better chance to get Devontae Adams than you do Mike Evans. I'm standing on that. And that's how oh. I'll land the podcast. That. That bit know, I'm using. I don't, I don't, I don't the second I see the I Mike Evans <laughs> signs, I'm going to send it to you. Like, Does this mean we're getting Devontae Adams too? That's a good way to end it. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. We'll have more content getting uh, you all up to date and ready for Chiefs and Dolphins on Saturday night. Trevor Sikkima, man, uh, let the people know where they can find your stuff. You've got a very successful podcast yourself. Um, let people know where they can find your work. Yeah, anybody uh, who listens to this show after you listen to this show, if you want to come over and hang out with myself and Connor Rogers over at the NFL Stock Exchange podcast, you can listen to that anywhere you get your podcast, or you can watch us uh, over on YouTube. We're doing all sorts of NFL draft content. We're doing the mock drafts, the player rankings, rebuilding franchises, team needs, all that kinds of good stuff. So uh, yeah, uh, everything else over at BFF.com. Awesome. I'll call. I'll ask Connor if we maybe uh, could trade for Garrett Wilson. We can trade. Yeah, well, that'll be that. That'll go that'll be right there with yeah, Justin yeah, Jefferson. Right, right, right there. Right. I'm sure they're happy to trade him away. All right. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.